Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the All Nine Yards podcast. My name is Luke Lendler. I'm joined tonight, as I am often, and it's and I seem like every podcast at this point. I mean, Caleb, we're here. We're here. It, it that was possibly, I think, the best weekend of football in my life. I mean, I, I mean, I think there's a chance because that was just some incredible football. Saturday we had two great games. Both of them decided by a field goal at the gun Sunday, we had a field goal at the gun winning. And then we had, I think what many people are considering to be one of the best playoff games in recent memory. Um, when 13 seconds was, uh, never, never enough. And the chiefs came back, they beat the bills in what was just an incredible thriller from beginning to end. The Bengals beat the Titans on Saturday. Yes, sir. Um, the, the Niners dug the football out of the snow, drilled a field goal to beat the Packers on Saturday, too. Of course, the Rams surviving comeback bid from the Bucks. Boy, Caleb, we got so much to get to. We will start in the Music City because we had to get to this game at some point. I'm, I'm just sorry to do this, but we'll start on the Tennessee side. Um, so, obviously, you're a Titans fan. And what was your biggest takeaway from this game as a Titans fan? Well, you know, I, I think that, for one, when we did our preview, I mean, I, I think I call it pretty good that, like, the pass rush would be kind of a big deal. Like, if you would have mm-hmm. told me that we would have had nine sacks, I would have thought we would have won comfortably. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. You can't afford to have three uh, interceptions, all of them at pretty bad times. Um, I think that's just – that's not going to win you a lot of games, especially in, in today's league where the quarterback is – becoming increasingly more important. So I just, it, it, it's, you know, it sucks, but I feel like overall, you know, we got the one seed, despite our best player getting hurt for a lot of the year. I think it was, it was a pretty, pretty good season. I think we'll be uh, pretty good next year. Um, I, we just got some holes that we need to fill, but it should be pretty good. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you can't really expect to, to win when you throw three interceptions when you're facing a, a quarterback like Joe Burrow, who's obviously really good and it seems like getting better every week. So mm-hmm. it's tough, but overall, I think it, um, yeah, I think it was, it was not too surprising. I mean, if you would have told me Tannehill lost the game for us, it wouldn't have been the most shocking thing in the world, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I guess at least on the Titan side of things for me, I just thought the biggest thing we learned here is that, I mean, I don't want to sound like every pun in America, but are you really comfortable rolling with Tannehill long term? I mean, you're. I don't think, despite the fact Derrick Henry is 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 great, um, and I know I, I ruined your day today by saying he might not be that good next year just because of his foot. But assuming he uh, he continues his his strong play, um, and I think I've been very uh, pleasantly surprised by the outbreak of of Dante Foreman as their backup. I think he's he's played very well. Um, I thought he was honestly your the Tennessee's best running back in that game. I think if they had given him yeah. more than four carries, we might be staring at a different final score. Um, and I think given AJ Brown, I mean, Julio had a decent game. Who knows what he's doing next year, but I just, I worry that you're going to miss your Super Bowl window. If you just roll with Tannehill, because I don't think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback and you can have the greatest running back in mankind, but you're going to need a quarterback in games like this. I mean, he had three interceptions. All of them were his fault. Um, I mean, the first one was just a bad throw and a great play by Bates. The second one was an impeccable play by Hilton, but the, the third one was just, was just bad. I mean, he tried to whistle it through like four Bengals defenders to a guy who had literally not gotten a target before that game. Um, and he just didn't put enough on it. 
story of his career. Uh, Eli Apple deflects it. Logan Wilson picks it. And the Bengals win the game. I don't think – I think if he doesn't throw that pick, there's a good chance the Titans win in, in overtime. I mean, I don't know if there's, there's a great chance, but there's definitely a pretty decent chance that if they win the coin flip, they can win in overtime. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Bengals won it. And so now I guess I'll flip Bengals side here. And my biggest takeaway from Cincinnati's win is that this seems like a season of destiny for them. I mean, we'll have to see what that truly means against the Chiefs. But to have your biggest weakness exposed on national television time and time again, I mean, nine sacks, nine sacks. Burrow got rocked continually. Joe Mixon didn't even crack 60 yards. I mean, to just have the offense seemingly going nowhere, it, it just – it, it was magic how, how well the defense played. They just, the Bengals have had this, have had this thing for a while, not a while, but at least this season um, where it seems like they can't get the two sides to click, but even they, even though they can't get the offense, the defense to click, they still find success. Um, for example, uh, earlier in the season, they played Denver on the road. Um, and in what was a huge game, the definition of a must win. Um, it was massive and they won it off the back of their defense after two straight games their defense had let them down. Um, and then their next two wins, Ravens chiefs, both off the back of their offense. And it's just, I think that shows you how, how deep this Bengals team really is. And it just seems like even when everything was going wrong, even when nothing could happen on the offensive side of the ball, they, their defense is what dragged them to the win. So I think from my definitely non-biased point of view, I think this is just a, a season of destiny almost for the Bengals. We'll have to see what they can do against the Chiefs. But Caleb, uh, on the opposition side, what did you make of the Bengals win? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was just, it was impressive that they, you know, obviously Boyle got sacked nine times and he still, you know, made the plays that he needed to make. Obviously had a couple of big goes to chase as he does seemingly every week. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they did just enough. And I think that they... You know, they were smart. They realized what they had to do. They didn't want to be too risky, but they realized they're going to have to get some chunk plays. So I think it was a good performance by them, everyone minus the O-line. And that's always going to be their thing. I think that's something, you know, despite maybe the Bengals have a couple other needs too, but I really think as long as there's a decent O-line available, uh, O-lineman available in the first round where you pick, I think you just have to. I think you need to sign one in free agency. I think that's that's just what they need to do. But overall, the rest of the roster is really good. The defense, uh, especially the front, has played really well. Obviously, the receiving core is great, and Joe Burrow is great. So I think that, obviously, they have the foundation. They're going to be very good. They're going to be in these type of games for many years to come, I feel like. So that's obviously the biggest thing is that, that for the future, they're, they're really set. But like I said, for this game, they did what they needed to do. Obviously, the defense, the secondary, um, even if, you know, those picks that Tannehill threw uh, weren't, the, weren't the best throws, we'll say that, but they still, uh, the secondary had to make some great plays to snag in the interception. So I think it was a really impressive performance by the defense, especially. Yep. Um, it was it was a, a showing of how dangerous that Bengals defense can really be. Speaking of defense, I mean, also game-winning kicks, Boy, what a game did we have uh, on Saturday night. The Packers losing for the first time at home all season. Uh, they lost the San Francisco 49ers, San Francisco 13, Green Bay 10. The Niners, their special teams really won them this game. Um, they had a blocked field goal before half and a blocked punt that tied the game late. Robbie Gould then uh, dug the ball out of the snow and drilled a game winner. Man, Caleb, there's, there's so much to get to here. We'll start on the Packers' side. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of questions about Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers aside, 
what is the biggest need or biggest housekeeping you think they need to do in the offseason? This is a tough one. I mean, I think I figured it would be close just because we've seen time and time again that the 49ers seem to be a matchup with the Packers, that the Packers just – it's not a good matchup for them, so I think that you have to, to think about that. But overall, I don't know. I think they – there's not – a ton of like specific positions that they really need. I think special teams though. We really saw their special teams weaknesses throughout the regular season. It was one of the worst, but they just didn't, uh, it never really needed to be something. So I think we really saw their, their growing weakness here against the 49ers. But I think if you can trade Aaron Rodgers, if that's what he wants, get a lot of picks and just kind of get a little bit better everywhere get a little bit more depth at receiver, obviously. Fix special teams, maybe get another corner. Um, I think that's just really just – there's nothing that they're fantastic at, I think, besides quarterback right now, obviously, but there's nothing they're super weak at either. So I think just getting a little more depth everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would uh, that would that would be a big thing for them, especially getting Devontae Adams back is the biggest piece I would think of um, because, I mean, who knows if he wants to leave. But <clears throat> getting him back would be pretty huge. I mean, he maybe he won't, wants to go play with Derek Carr, but we'll have to see because I think he would be a key piece, a key non-Rodgers piece because it seems like Zadarius Smith has gone for that team, has gone for that defense. Um, so that's probably a, a, something we'll have to address in the draft. Or, I mean, Rashawn Gary could just get promoted because he was playing really well. Uh, but, yeah, I think, boy, I mean, just to, to hark on Rodgers for a little bit, I mean, it's tough. I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in NFL history. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it's particularly close. I mean, he's not the most, but he's like definitely in that upper echelon, upper tier. But he just consistently has some kind of no-shows in the playoffs. It feels yeah. like um, a lot, especially against his Niners team. I mean, he just, he had he had Alan Lazard. I know your boy, Alan Lazard. He had wide open a couple times on some second downs and third downs late in the game. They just missed him. He was locking on to Adams all game and that really didn't help him. Um, Aaron Jones, he had, Aaron Jones had a long reception before halftime that if it was a touchdown, could have busted the game wide open, but Rogers didn't really lead him very well. And so Jones had to come back to get the ball and was tackled and then they missed the field goal. So that's kind of like one play. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about. So uh, it just, it was just really disappointing for him. I'm not really, not really sure where he's going to stand both long-term, how this affects his legacy. Well, who, who knows that's, that's for the off season speculation, but yeah, I think on the Niners side, I was impressed by how resilient they were. I mean, it's very easy. I think to get down on yourself when you're down 10, seven and you go, I mean, you go, you go four and out and not four and out, but you turn the ball over on fourth down deep in green Bay territory late in the game. They could have just rolled over, but their pass rush was fantastic. I was hitting home all day and they did a really good job of keeping Rogers off his spot. Caleb, what'd you, the, what'd you make of the Niners in their win? Yeah, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest win, but they did what they needed to do. Kind of like the Bengals, obviously, that block punt touchdown really was the was the game right there. But then Jimmy G, you know, I, I think a lot of people bash on him. I get he's not the best quarterback, but time and time again, we've seen him, you know, in, in clutch situations, end of games. He's led game-winning drives. He did it again, mm-hmm. obviously, to get set up that game-winning field goal. So I think mm-hmm. that. He's certainly not in that upper tier, even second, maybe even not third tier of quarterback, but he's obviously capable of winning games, even if it's not in the best situation. So I think that for him, he'll, there'll definitely be a market for, uh, for him this offseason for, for whatever yeah. team. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But I think then we saw again the special teams was good. The defense obviously was great. And I think a lot of people at the beginning of the season, including us, were, were kind of doubting Kyle Shanahan. But I think he's really showing again that uh, he, he is a good coach and he's got this team that looked dead in the water in, uh, around November. Now they're suddenly in the NFC Championship game and they're just kind of doing it ugly, but they're, they're getting it done. So I think it's really impressive what the 49ers are doing. Yep, uh, they, they've had a great blueprint. I mean, I think a lot of people thought they were dead in the water. Some idiots were even saying, Kyle Shanahan's ter- a terrible head coach midseason. But he's done a very good job of uh, turning this team around and really reviving uh, reviving some stuff. Speaking of reviving, the Matthew Stafford legacy drive, boy, oh boy, was it one. Rams win 30-27 to 27 over the Buccaneers. This game, another thriller. The Rams were up huge. The Bucs were down 24 at uh, one point, but Brady clawed all the way back and, and then tied the game on some late – Cam Akers fumbles. Cooper Cup, statistically great game, but he had a couple fumbles, which is not great. Um, Stafford, I think one of the games of his life, uh, which is very impressive given the circumstances, and I think is going to solidify, uh, like I mentioned, in, in joking passing, but also in serious, his, a lot of his legacy stuff. Brady, not great. Um, playoff Lenny, pretty good. But Evans, Evans good. I mean, he's kind of their only option at this point. This is just uh, a lot to talk about here. Caleb, I guess we'll start on the Bucks side. Brady could be gone, but what did you think of their uh, their team after this one? Yeah, I think this was a weird game because obviously they were down 27-3. to three. Everybody was like kind of joking when Tom Brady could come back, and they actually did, although a lot of that was just the defense because mm-hmm. the Rams kept fumbling. But um, overall, the fact that they just were able to get back in it at all was impressive. Brady, didn't, like you said, didn't have the best game, but – that last drive to, to tie it, he did what he needed to do, as he always seems to do. So I think it was overall a weird performance from the Bucks. It was not, obviously, if you get down 27-3, to three, that's not a hole that you can expect to get out of at any rate. But at the same time, their defense was pretty good, especially in the second half. So I think that they deserve some credit there. But overall, they just didn't com- play a complete game. And I feel like we've kind of seen that some a, a couple other times this season where they've been just haven't been able to put it all together As, of course they had a lot of offensive injuries and, and departures but overall it was just a really weird game to make uh, both teams had some stretches where they played great some stretches where they played really bad so mm-hmm. it was it was definitely kind of weird yeah it was weird it was strange overall um but, I mean, who knows? I think there's a lot of questions around Tampa Bay. Does Bruce Arians come back? Does Tom Brady come back? I mean, Evans is back to the re-signed Godwin. They got a lot of, they got a lot of questions. Um, but who knows? Maybe next, this time next year we're talking about how Kyle Trask just led the Bucks to a Super Bowl. Just saying. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is a weird team. I'm going to touch on the Rams for a little bit. I was very impressed by Matthew Stafford. I mentioned this a couple yeah. of times, but I think he's really starting to come into his own, and we're seeing after some mid to late season struggles, he's really playing well so far in these playoffs. McVay sort of opened the playbook a little bit for him, and I don't think he regretted it at all. Um, his throw at a cup late was incredible. He did a great job of diagnosing what was a poor blitz attempt by the Buccaneers' defense. And just lost it a beautiful one over the top to Cup, who had a fantastic game, nine receptions, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what these Rams can do. This Rams Niners part three. I mean, McVay can't really win against Shanahan. It's weird, but he can't. But hey, we'll have to see. I mean, the Rams, I think, are certainly in very good position to make the Super Bowl right now. They have a home game mm-hmm. against a team that they've seen so many times. Surely they beat them once, right? 
right? I mean, who knows? You think they've seen him so many times? It's in SoFi. They're restricting tickets even. So, uh, so yeah, this this should be a, a really good situation for the Rams. I think this is as good as they can imagine. I mean, I'd think they'd much rather play the Niners than the Packers. That's for sure, especially in SoFi. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if they can win a conference championship and then a Super Bowl in the, in the same stadium, which would be pretty cool. And that being their home stadium. But yeah, uh, that's that was the third game. That was nuts. And then even more. I mean, it seems like every game topped the next one. It was crazy. Yeah. But then Sunday night, Caleb, wow, what a stormer this was. I mean, a great game. Bills 36, Chiefs 42. Mahomes and Allen both had one of the just games of their careers. Both of them were also their team's leading rushers, which I think is amazing. Gabriel Davis set playoff records and still lost. Poor guy. Uh, he averaged 25 yards reception. Just some uh, just incredible numbers. I mean, they still lost. You can look at the win probability. I tweeted this. Nobody liked it, but that's probably because of how poorly I rated my tweets uh, and also how little people follow me. But the end of the game, the win probability looks like my heart monitor watching it. It touches 100, uh, both top and bottom, about three times before eventually settling on the Chiefs. Uh, it was one on a coin toss. I mean, it's just so much, so much stuff happened, Caleb. So much stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Kansas City. Obviously, huge win. What did you think? Did, did you like how they played? I mean, obviously, of course, you like how they played, but a huge win. Just give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, that was a that was a crazy game. I think we all expected that to be a crazy game, but it was even like it's it's very rare when a game has a ton of hype around it and it exceeds the the hype, and that one didn't. So I think that's really incredible. But I mean, what can you say? Uh, I guess you can say, well, yeah, the defense didn't play great, um, but I think it's it's hard to stop that Bills offense, but. Um, what I really noticed about the Chiefs is it's kind of like they play their best games in the big games. Yeah, and I think that that's that. a a trait that obviously is huge to have. So mm-hmm. they really played their best. Maybe you could say probably this was the best game they played, and it was in the biggest game they played. So that's a a really good trait to have if you want to win Super Bowls. And I think it obviously now with the Packers out and the Titans out and, and, and the Bucks out, they're now the heavy favorite to win the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. So mm-hmm. I think that, uh, that that would be good for them. But, yeah, it was just it was just incredible. Um, I know a lot of people complain about the overtime rules. I don't like them myself yeah. um, that much. But what are you going to do? I mean, you still have to score a touchdown on your first drive, and, and that's what they did. So it was just incredible. Patrick Mahomes, it's kind of funny to think about how there was a time uh, earlier in the season where the Chiefs had a losing record and Patrick Mahomes was not playing very well. Mm-hmm. And we were all freaking out, but it's like, no, mm-hmm. they're back and they're still really good. Probably the best team in the league. So I think uh, it was, yeah, it was just incredible, incredible game, especially offensive sides of the ball. And I think we're, I know everyone's saying this, but I really do think we're going to see this matchup quite a bit in the in future AFC playoffs. Yeah, I think this is going to be, I mean, who knows, maybe... Brady and Rodgers retire the same year. I think Allen and Mahomes could be the next great QB rivalry. Um, but yeah, this is great. Uh, the Chiefs are fantastic. I think they're definitely back. I mean, I think if there was any doubt that they wouldn't be back, they are now. Um, but Josh Allen, I mean, and just Bills fans in general. I mean, it, it's hard because I think of the Vikings, I'm like, man, there's no more tortured fan base. I think of the Lions, and I'm like, man, there's no more tortured fan base. I think of the Browns, I'm like, man, there's no more tortured fan base. 
But the Buffalo Bills, man, I feel so bad for them. They they had the lead by three with 13 seconds left, and they still lost the game. And they still lost the game. Why they didn't even kick it to, to the Chiefs kick returner, I'm not sure. Why they just played a soft zone for three plays, I'm not sure. I mean, it was just... It's just so so much stuff. I mean, Allen played fantastic. I think he's he's really one of the bright young QBs in our game. Obviously, Mahomes did too. Gabe Davis can maybe put some stuff together going uh, next week. That would be pretty huge for them. Um, Tyreek Hill, obviously, good game. But, I mean, Singletary, I even thought, played pretty well. I mean, this Bills-Chiefs rivalry is going to be a good one. It's going to be every year we're going to see these two Titans clashing in the playoffs, it feels like. Um, so yeah, this should be, this should be great stuff for years to come. So, uh, so yeah, that actually, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but that actually, that actually gives me a good idea for a mini segment here. Power rank those four fan fan bases from least tortured to most tortured lions, Vikings, Browns, bills. Uh, I'll give you 30 seconds players. Good luck. Jeopardy music, Jeopardy music for 30 seconds. Do, 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 do. Are, are you ready? Are you good? Do you have your yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. All right, he has power rank. It's Caleb. Power rank from, from least tortured to yeah. most tortured. All right, so I'm going to start the least tortured. Mm, I'm going to say, and this is tough. They, they all just, they, they've all endowed so much pain in different ways. You know, it's like yeah. some, it's like they're just a pain because they've never been good. Exactly. Some, it's they've yeah. been good, and when they do, uh, finally reached that point with a good team in the playoffs. They get a heartbreak, so I think it's kind of really just pick your poison. I would say, though, that the least tortured is the um, is the Buffalo Bills because Interesting. Interesting. when you think about it, yes, they got in multiple Super Bowls and lost all of them, but you have to think at least you got to the Super Bowls and then right now, yes, you, you seem to have a hard time getting over the Chiefs in the playoffs, but it's so comforting as a fan base to know that you have a great quarterback for many years to come. Mm-hmm. I think that's just something that is is just something that you can, you know, you can sleep sleep good at night knowing that. So while mm-hmm. it's been tough, they've had just success and they have uh, set up for the future too uh, in, in ways that the other three have just not had. So yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because my my least torture is actually Cleveland. This is this is a controversial. Yeah, one, I, I thought like. about that. Yeah. because I I feel like we value torture differently here. Um, but I think of Cleveland as a little less torture just because they've kind of like never been good, so you can't really get get let down. We don't really have expectations, um, mm-hmm. and just because like the Bills have just been like, especially during their Super Bowl run, I have to imagine they were just a laughing stock. They were just like every year they made it. You're like, well, they can't win it. Confirmed. At least everybody kind of knows Cleveland's pretty bad year after year. And is just kind of like accepting of that. But even the bills, you'd even get your hopes up. I feel like Cleveland fans kind of got their hopes up with the Baker Odell kind of situation. So that's obviously a bummer, but they still got a yeah. playoff win out of it. Um, a playoff win over the Steelers out of it. And the Bills just every time they get all these generational talents that always seem to just hit some walls. So they're not my least tortured. So Browns are my are my are my uh, least tortured. So Caleb for for three, who'd be wrong with for three? Yeah, for three, I went with the Browns because yeah, it kind of just pretty much the, the same reasons that you said. I mean, they haven't just had that success, so they haven't been able to have as many heartbreaking moments. But of course, just that lack of success. 
is is what really kind of just makes them make some tour truth so i think that that's um yeah that's that's really tough but you know this season i think this season was tough for them because obviously they had really high expectations and they ended up not even making the playoffs so i think that that's that's pretty tough but they do you know if you go back to like the 80s 90s they have some playoff success so i think it's not all bad if you're older older browns fan but Definitely recently it is it has been tough. There's been a lot of paper bags in the stands these past yeah, this past decade. So decade I think or that two, uh, or three for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um you obviously had a 0 and sixteen season, so that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so I, I would go with them at number three because they just haven't been able to have any success at all, minus a couple outliers. Yep. Um, yeah, so my, my three is uh, another controversial one. I feel like but it's the Lions. Kind of for very, very similar reasons I mentioned for the Browns. It's kind of they're just like bad every year. We're just kind of accepting of that. Like you never really get your hopes mm-hmm. up for the Lions. Obviously, the Stafford stuff hurt. But even before that, I mean, Barry, Megatron, they've had some good players and really put it together. But they just haven't had like their hearts ripped out at the last moment like the other two teams have. So the Lions are my three. So Caleb, uh, for two, who have you gone with? Yeah, for two, I went with the Lions. Kind of just the same thing as the Browns, but I feel like the Lions even more so. Like They had Matthew Stafford, who's a good quarterback. They had uh, Calvin Johnson. They made the playoffs, and they couldn't even get one playoff win out of that. Yeah. And all the years that they had those two, couldn't even get one playoff win out of it. Obviously, no Super Bowls. Um, I think that that's uh, – it's just kind of a little bit the Browns that even – more so because there were times where at least, you know, the Browns never really, besides these past couple of years, had a roster that you were like, wow, this could do something. They didn't have any star power at all. Well, the Lions did. They had stars that you thought could win, at least win a playoff game, and they just could could never do that. And now it's just things are not looking good right now. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty rough for Lions fans these days. Yeah. Yep. Um, my number two is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, reasons I mentioned before, making four Super Bowls and then losing all four of them is tough. Um, and like even this, it just seems like every year they just get like you know stomped on. Um, they lost the Texans in pretty brutal fashion a couple years ago. Uh, they always had this big bad bully in their division for years and years and years and never triumphed them and the Patriots. And even when they did, it was because the Patriots kind of stopped trying. They didn't, they never triumphed Brady. They never got better than Brady. It was when Brady left is when they stepped up. So really they always had this big brother sort of pushing them around. Um, And so, yeah, I think they're pretty tortured, but they're not as tortured as my obvious number one, but I mean, we both have the same number one, I guess, Caleb, you can start with just the Vikings, just boy, it's just some bad stuff here. Just, you know, with number one tortured fan base go. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with this. I think, um, I'm not sure the exact percentages, but at least if I'm basing it off of people, I see wearing certain teams merchandise, I think I would say, I have to say the Vikings are probably the most popular team here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very custom. I know a lot of Vikings fans and oh, it's brutal. It's tough. It's, it's, it's painful. Um, obviously m- most recently the just, the, the missing, you know, you missed a, a lot of field goals in their time. I think that that uh, – and you got so close, obviously, kind of like the Bills. They had a Super Bowl, couldn't get it done. I think that um, 
And it's always been like they it's weird because it's like I think the Bills a good organization recently, but the Vikings consistently have been a have never been a, a franchise that we've called dysfunctional. Well, even yeah. the Bills, you know, for a little while there were, were pretty bad. So I think it's like they've always been a pretty respectable franchise. And it feels like every respectable franchise just, you know, they at least have something to hang their hat on, something historically, but uh, not the Vikings. Just it's it's heartbreak uh, after heartbreak. It's just, hey, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, I don't know how one team, it's Minnesota sports in general as a Timberwolves fan. It, that that's brutal too it's just it's the whole state i or something is coast but uh hopefully i really do hope that their next coach is good and uh they, they find some success because it's 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 tough because they get their hopes up and then they're crushed yep it's uh it's hard and they just like just for me it's just the way in which they just get smoked. Even in these regular season games, like they lost because they missed a chip shot field goal. And I don't yeah. think a Vikings fans even bad in an eyelash. Like it's just, oh my god, I just feel so bad for them. I mean, they had they had just playoff, they have just playoff failure after playoff failure after playoff failure. I think, in my opinion, getting to the playoffs and then losing in them is is worse than getting the Super Bowl and losing yeah. that. But it's 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 better. I think so. If I'm ranking it, I think not even making the playoffs forever isn't as bad as going to the Super Bowl and losing it, but going to the Super Bowl and losing it isn't as bad as going to the playoffs area but never winning them. That's why that ba- that, that Bengals run where they just never won anything just tortured me. Yeah, that's out. tough. It's just because they just couldn't do anything. Um, they would make it every year, but they couldn't ever kind of, you know, put it together. But yeah, so it just it's the way they always did it. They would always make it to the playoffs, but never do well. And now they're in a very, very tough long term situation. They got no, um, they they have like Kirk Cousins, but he's not really Super Bowl winners. What do you do? Dalvin Cook's fine, but always gets hurt. They had to trade Stephon Diggs, but Justin Jefferson's great, but they might be wasting his career. Who knows? They're gonna have to get a new GM and a new head coach, but we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, so so there's our our mini tortured fan base power rankings because that idea just hit my head as we were recording. Um, so yeah, I guess. Uh, it's all the games. We talked about the games. We talked about some tortured fan bases. Caleb, is there any last things you want to say to people before we wrap up? You know, it was a, it was a great weekend. It was a little rough for me, but overall, yeah. it was it was a phenomenal weekend. I'm really excited for the for the two games this Sunday. I think that uh, I'm I'm going for the Bengals. They're my team now. I'm tuned for. Um, yeah. So I I hope I don't know I I don't love their chances on Sunday, but. I'll, I'll chew for him. I think that... Uh, I appreciate it. I yeah, appreciate it. I will chew for him. That is good. It seems like everybody's kind of starting to cheer for the Bengals now. And yeah. I they're easy to root for. Exactly. I, I won't gatekeep. I'll let everybody on the bandwagon as long as they weren't uh, absurdly hating on the Bengals for no reason earlier, which means a lot okay. of the kids I know at school in Philadelphia are, are not allowed because they just hate on it for no reason. But... Um, but everybody else, including you, Caleb, I'm happy. I'm happy that you're jumping on the bandwagon. Um, but yeah, that will conclude this episode of the All Nine Yards podcast. Of course, my name's Luke Lenner for my co-host Caleb Arthur. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you previewing these massive conference championship games on Saturday. Um, so you know, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Go Bengals, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one.